0: Welcome to West Virginia Beer Roads, a podcast all about beer from a West Virginia perspective. I'm Erin McCoy, here with my podcast partner, Charles Bachway.
1: Thanks, Erin. Well, today we're visiting Elkins, West Virginia, to visit Big Timber Brewing Company. Erin, I know you've been looking forward to this trip.
0: Yes, I'm very excited to be here, and this is actually my first time in their tap room, so this is a, a fun trip for me to be able to check this place out.
1: And following Aaron's brewery tour, we sat down with Matt and Ashley Kwasniewski, the owners of Big Timber Brewing Company, so we could get an update on their operations. Ashley and Matt, thanks for joining us on West Virginia Beer Roads.
2: Yeah, thank you for guys for having us.
1: Let me start out with asking you guys uh, about beer sales in 2022. I mean, I'm understanding from talking to, a, you know, like reading national articles, talking to a lot of brewers, 2022 beer sales have greatly recovered and for a lot of people are up from past years maybe it's changed what you sell but how have your beer sales been in this year 2022
2: we were lucky enough that our beer sales actually didn't drop off too much in 2020 i think uh west virginia and our fan base kind of was worried about the craft beer industry in general and they really came out for us so that we're very thankful um a lot of our sales turned over to packaged beer, of course, sure. since all the bars were closed. But uh, And then 21 looked better than 20, and then, yeah, this year's looking good. Um, we at least are going to match what we did last year, which we're very thankful for. And mm-hmm. still, this will be our, uh, the final quarter of our year is always our biggest, but... So we'll see how we finish it, but we're, we're looking pretty good so far.
1: And I'm wondering if you could uh, distinguish some between percentages of sales currently with canned beer versus draft.
3: Yeah. uh, Pre-COVID we were like 45% draft, 55% package during the heart of COVID, I guess uh, we were like down to 10% draft and, 90% package and I think a lot of that draft was um when we were doing when we were allowed to do like to go growlers here and um people picking up kegs for their yeah yeah, for their home um but now we're back uh to like 35% draft and 65% package so we're moving back in that direction, which I don't know how far back we will get just because we offer a lot more in package now. So, um. And
1: the and distribution for you guys when it comes to the canned products, especially big in the chain stores or convenience stores, uh, you know, where I'm, I'm seeing an awful lot of it consistently now.
2: Yeah, we do... Most of our sales with our flagship beers, like IPA, Porter, Lager Lager. And of course it's, it's hard to get more shelf space and for three packages as it is. So Mm -hmm. we're very lucky to, if we get a fourth and fifth space in a store. So of course that creates a a demand for one product. We have some larger seasonals that do really well, like Mexican Lager and Forest Festival. So
0: what styles in particular seemed like they were hot items this year for you all?
3: Um, We did more lagers this year than we have in the past. Um, I think part of that was because we added a couple more 15-barrel fermenters that allowed us to, like, time up during a lager fermentation. And that just allowed us to do more, like, one-offs. We basically have, like, three tiers of beers. We have our, like, standard year-round that we try to be really competitive on price that you find in convenience stores and larger chains. Then we have kind of our specialties are like quick sours we try to always have one available to the customer yeah we saw like some of our sours uh the ones that we noticed that were hits before we kind of expanded on those and made sure they were available more widely available and then same we're getting our kind of hazy lineup dialed in so we try to keep our try to keep one hazy available at all times and we kind of We're starting to set up a rotation of both of those to where they kind of have their own like seasonal release. Because a lot of those drinkers like to try something new and different. But then if if there is a big, if there is one that they really like, it's kind of nice that it comes back every year so they can uh, grab it. So Ashley,
1: you oversee the tap room here at the brewery. I do, yeah. And do you see a difference in what sells through the tap room versus then everything else i mean in ratios of styles and beers
2: well absolutely for one we we really try to make sure like hazy ipas for one aren't out on the market for too long so uh we like having a lot of that those kind of products out of here just so we can control how you keep them fresh keep them fresh and control yeah, yeah control um when we pull them um also 2022 like has brought us so much tourism that we didn't have before so there's so many people coming through that want to try so many different things and i in the taproom even our can sales have skyrocketed probably also because they're available but i think we've become kind of a you know you can get lots of things here so they don't bother hitting like a convenience store anymore so that's been really nice
1: so what do you guys think has been the driver of the increase in tourism
2: I think that since the airlines were grounded for two years, it really gave West Virginia a moment to shine and everyone could see what a great place it was to visit. I mean, there's so much natural beauty here and so many amazing outdoor things to do. And if we might not be the reason you're visiting West Virginia, but thankfully we are surrounded by so many things that people visit that I think big timbers just become somewhere to stop.
0: And speaking of, West Virginia having a chance to shine. This is a good time to talk about the most recent achievement for Big Timber Brewing. If you guys want to talk about, it, I think there's a silver a silver award we need to discuss.
3: We got the news that uh, Porter our Porter won uh, silver medal in at GABF in the robust porter category. Um, it's uh, Something that was always on like my bucket list when we started the brewery was to to get a GABF medal. It's pretty sweet that it's happened. And it was hard work
1: for you though. I mean, this probably, I don't know how many years you entered. Well, it's
2: been to the final table quite a few times, mm-hmm. so we've been pretty frustrated. Um, just to know how many times it's been to the final table and never got, we yeah. never finally crossed the finish line with mm-hmm.
0: it.
3: I mean, we've entered it in World Beer Cup or Great American Beer Festival, I think pretty solid for maybe five, six years. And that beer has changed very little, and um, for good reason. But it's, yeah, it's made the finals a few times, or more often than not, it makes the finals. So we were always like, the odds are it's (laughs) got a medal, because I think... They only send be- like ten beers to the final, so I'm like, three of them get awards. So finally, finally, it happened this year. So we're really excited about that.
2: We heard the news at a really good time as well, which added to the excitement for us. We were having a a party basically for our forest festival here in town, and every pretty much every staff member was standing next to us when we found out. And we found out, oh, maybe one of it because you texted Matt and told us. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. And then I looked at my phone, and my phone had also blown up because, yeah. So.
0: Everybody's obviously excited, and wanted to congratulate you and on winning the silver in the robust
2: porter category. Yeah. yeah, And the brewer community is still pretty strong, so some of our people that also own breweries and watching it noticed that our name come up and let us know. Oh, sure. So. Yeah,
1: I imagine because you know I've been waiting <laughs> for well ever since I've been doing this uh, well this podcast plus our, our, our Brilliant Stream blog on. It's been 10 years, roughly. I've been waiting for somebody to win a medal at GABF. And, man, it, it couldn't have happened to, I think, a more deserving beer, though. That beer has been solid in the market, like you say, actually. It hadn't changed much from the beginning. Or, Matt, you know, it's like a, a, a super good flagship for, for a wonderful brewery. And congratulations.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that beer was yeah. one of the – it was the first one that I, like, homebrewed and you know, had good notes, and I was like, we're going to – produced this commercially. We've tried to tweak it a little bit, but we've always went back to the original recipe.
2: We're also excited that it's a beer that we always have. So um, customers visit us. It's something we always have available Mm -hmm. instead of it being a one-off that we can't offer up. So if you could come into elkins you can always try it you can win that or, or try that winning porter for yeah sure.
3: yeah i'll go into like a brewery and i'll see oh what did they win a jbf for <laughs> and, uh, and then it's some something that they don't have on and i'm just like oh man yeah that's but. true
1: so many of the beers that people enter are small batch beers that they right. make one time yeah or they, they brew enter.
2: specifically for the yeah. competition yeah. no
3: um yeah so it's, it's pretty awesome that it's it's one of our year rounds so mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Congratulations again. And Thanks. I will
1: say it's available in uh, 16 ounce cans. Oh yeah, packs.
2: they could run out to Walmart and grab some and try it if yeah. they're listening to this and they yeah. feel thirsty. Mm-hmm. It's
1: probably one of the most widely distributed beers, maybe other than your IPA uh, in, around this mm-hmm.
3: state. Yeah, yeah, it should be it should be the second most available from us outside of IPA. So, and well. maybe it'll be more available now. <laughs> <laughs> Could you preview some
1: upcoming beer releases that are maybe scheduled from now, late fall through the end of the year?
2: Um, orange guava will be on tap here at the tap room. And
1: what is Isn't orange guava? OG.
2: OG. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's
0: the label. <laughs> yeah. OG's a.
3: It's a quick sour. Um, we don't call them kettle sours anymore because we don't actually sour them in the kettle like we used to. So. Mm-hmm. All of our quick sours still have live lactobacillus um, in them. So we don't kill the lactobacillus, but it's it's still a quick sour. You're not gonna, it's uh, fruited with orange and guava. So uh, um, orange peel. So you get that orange nose up front and then the guava kind of has that like, kind of funky citrusy um, kick to it really enjoy it um that was that's we did a small batch of that last year and it was really popular it's going to be m- more widely available this year and probably a, a st- stalwart of the the sour the quick sour series so
1: yeah and I, I know you have another sour-ish tart beer that you usually have out around the uh, end of the year
2: Glow, cranberry rosemary and orange peel um it's yeah, Christmas nice, in a glass. Nice of. Christmas in a glass. Yeah, Christmas mm-hmm. in a yeah. glass yeah. Yeah. is how it feels. And
3: um. Yeah, so that should be out early December. So right now I think we do six quick sours a year. So, so yeah, Orange Guava will be released. And then Alping Glow's next up. We just did a light beer. Oh, <laughs> uh, how wonderful. Yeah, mm. <laughs> VT Light. Uh, it was just something different, something sure. fun. <laughs> Some of the guys were like, oh, I want an all-day drinker. And yeah, I I, definitely. Probably oh, all the
1: yeah. brewers wanted to know.
3: That's well, exactly what, what. I tell them that's what double bits for, but they didn't think it was that funny. <laughs>
1: so anything else though in the uh, the IPA or double IPA or or, or maybe stout area that you're going to be coming out with later this year?
3: Yeah, we did the straight cut stout. That's been it's probably still out in the market a little bit. Um, we still have it on tap here. But we got a double IPA, like a West Coast double IPA, in the tank um, right now. Should be seeing that out in a few weeks. So Frost Notch will be coming out. Oh, yeah, that's one I forgot. That, yeah. Yeah, that's a solid beer that oh, yeah, oh, you
2: one. have every year. I mm-hmm. think that one might be our fourth biggest seller after Porter IPA and Lager Lager, actually. Um, the Frost Notch? Yeah, well, it just does really well for the winter season, you mm-hmm. know, malty and mm-hmm. warming.
3: Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, we got we have a bunch of barrels that we need to empty, so we're hoping to get a couple of those out. Um, we got some real small batch, like Brett beers that we might be sending out, or um, some some wild fermentation. But uh, no, no hard ETA on those. But uh, we got our pale experiment series. We'll have a couple of those out. We got seventeens coming up real soon.
2: Currently, Hop Harris and Wet Hopper should be on the market if you guys see them. And.
3: Mm. and those are both our fresh hop beers made with West Virginia grown hops. So mm-hmm. it's pretty Very cool. cool. Yeah, I heard uh, your hop farm up the
1: road, or well, where you get your farm, uh, that they had a good season and you got more hops maybe than in some years anyway, last year.
3: Yeah, yeah. The Eli's, they, I think they brought in like over 130, 140 pounds this year. Um, and then we have a grower in Buck Cannon, um, uh, the Antelinis, they, uh, they brought us like 30 or 40 pounds this year as well. So, wow. so we actually had enough to do both hop harvest and wet hop and package both of them. So yeah. It's and that's something you cans. hadn't, had been been done, hadn't been able to can those before you didn't have enough quantity. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We wanted to can wet hop last year, but it was, it was an awful harvest for the hop growers locally. So it's. It's kind of cool though, that you have that kind of small farm and the actual, <laughs> how much the weather affects the crop. Oh, sure. Know.
0: Well, can you give us um, an update on distribution and sales? Uh, you know, where, where's beer selling the most? You yeah,
1: like what parts of West Virginia I'm really talking Region, region, yeah, region part. Region. Yes.
2: Um, I'm sure you're not surprised, but Morgantown and Charleston do, I know, shocking, yeah, <laughs> <Charleston>. <laughs> do a lot of our sales. Um. Mm-hmm. Here locally, uh, Randolph County, we really do a lot of beer as well. But
3: Yeah, and like Tucker County and Pocahontas County, like Snowshoe. or Yeah, Canadian Lo- Valley Snowshoe. Yeah, our local distributor, Northern here, they do a good job. Mona um, up in Morgantown, they do good. Valley does well most of our distributors do a really good job um, sprigs take care they have a large chunk of the state and they are always uh, good about picking up our specialties so um, we're we're pushing a little harder in the in the eastern panhandle trying to get more variety out there to drinkers mm-hmm. um, yeah a lot of growth in population in that area mm-hmm. yeah yeah so we're hoping that um, working with our distributor out there that'll translate to
0: growth and sales so um are you pushing package product and draft or a y-
2: little y- both, be, both would just, be great uh, yeah. um yeah we have more package product in the sure. eastern panel than we have draft mm-hmm. um
3: yeah we just it's it, it's a constant like learning process with our distributors to um you know, and it's our responsibility to inform our end customers what the distributors have available or what they can order because sometimes they they get used to, um, you know, ordering the same thing over right. and over. And, you know, we're. We have that person in between. We gotta kind of keep them informed of right. You
2: gotta let them know what's yeah. available. Yeah, yeah. sure, we, what they can pick from. I've, yeah. I've noticed the commentary of some of our customers like around the states frustration that they don't get all of our one offs mm-hmm. and seasonals in their area, and we are continuously working with our distributors to try to keep the pricing of that reasonable, and trying to get it to be more available. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, we don't have complete control of all that. So hopefully, 2000, in the 2022 and next year, we can maybe increase the availability of some of our smaller... Some of your one-offs. Yeah, sure.
3: yeah. Yeah, and it's always a struggle because sometimes, like, some of our distributors are pretty small and they don't have a huge craft footprint. So it's like how convenient is it for them it's pretty inconvenient for them to like pick up three cases of sure. some one-off mm-hmm. for their one store right. that sells sure, it so sure. it's mm-hmm. so it's trying to Balancing you know it. some people do a really good job and they have like people that push our product and then others they're smaller operators and it's mm-hmm. trying to keep them informed on what's up and coming so
1: well in west virginia we have two ways of getting beer from breweries to uh, retail or mm-hmm. bars and restaurants and you can choose either to go through distributors and, and, or you can be a direct distributor and distribute yourself to those bars and retailers. And I know big timber started out as a direct to consumer or direct to the bars and restaurants and retailers. And then you've now moved to a pretty much hundred percent going through
3: distributors, right? Yeah. Right. So there's yeah. just a, what, six or seven accounts in town that we still self distribute to. But, but they're all local. Yeah, yeah, they're within a mile.
2: But one of the reasons we went distribution too is a lot of the large retailers do not want to receive tons and tons of deliveries. So without being with a distributor, it'd be really hard to get into some of the large retail stores. Oh, absolutely. So mm-hmm. that pushed our hand a little bit. And then of course, being in Elkins, it's it's hard to find staff at times. Like what we who we have is like really wonderful. But being in such a small population, um, trying to run trucks around ourselves seemed oh, sure. a little bit unreasonable.
1: Yeah. So now you just have to keep up with like a dozen distributors or something, and that's all you have to have to have to sell to.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of breweries are are like breweries from out of state. They're always like kind of blown away at how many different distributors there are and. <laughs> kind of a small market state like right. West Virginia. That's so, true. Um, but it's kind of nice though too, cause you know, all your eggs are in one basket, but um, no. And that's another thing. A lot of distributors really help us like get into these bigger accounts. Or if we do have an issue with like a, like a large retailer, um, they usually already have the contact of who we need to reach out
1: to, to. get
0: that worked out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
1: yeah, I know you're um, wheeling, area distributor northern panhandle you guys i know you always work through them for the festival they do up in wheeling every year which Mm -hmm. is a fantastic beer festival and you provide a firkin which they uh use to kick off their festival up there and i don't know how much you know about what happened up there this year but they auctioned that up you know that ability for someone to win that and go out and tap the keg it sold for twenty three (laughs) hundred dollars Uh, that, that, that the guy uh, Harvey Greenwich I think was his name and he is a local guy that runs a like a sporting event center up there or whatever. I am not sure. But yeah, it's got bid you know, twenty three hundred dollars in your little furk and you know when he tapped that it was <laughs> yeah. a twenty three hundred dollar donation, which all goes to the local charity that they're supporting in the year. Yeah.
3: No, that's awesome it's, to hear. Yeah, I remember somebody told us that <laughs> and I, I didn't even think they were right at first. And then I was <laughs> like, but but I know Jeff Hayes up there, he does a really great oh, job yeah. at promoting that event and um
1: yeah and you guys too i mean you know one time you had the, the skydiver bring your uh, bring the tap mm-hmm. down or the the mallet i mean yeah
3: yeah, yeah, and, funny. Uh, uh, yeah it was funny though like it took us a little while to like find some parts for that cask because uh <laughs> We hadn't made it. We hadn't done a cask in a while, so oh, I think we had to borrow a tap from weathered ground. Um, so <laughs> well, I think in the old
1: days, because I couldn't find ours, <laughs> the early days of uh, big timber, we would see a little uh, firkin in Charleston every once in a while. Oh yeah, we
3: used to fill like we have. I think we have twenty of them, and we <laughs> we used to fill them like four times a year, basically. But we hadn't filled one since pre-COVID.
0: So. Let's talk about that new tap room update. House construction coming. What's what's the progress there?
2: What is done we're really happy with and it's still a work in progress. <laughs> yeah.
0: But you've got the the basic foundation going
2: and, and, mm-hmm. and yes. started and mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, we should have windows by the end of next week.
3: It's kinda lining up, getting all the ducks in a row for a lot of it's being subcontracted now, a lot of the finished work, so um, Trying to get them all started, which I thought it was going to happen earlier, but everybody's, especially in the construction industry, of schedules, yeah, overwhelmed and getting materials has been hard. But it seems like it's starting to figure itself out. And honestly, we were we were behind schedule, so we're hopefully going to be dried in and have uh, HVAC in. You know for winter so that'll make all the finished work inside be go pretty easy and we can work on it like through the winter so, so. you think
1: maybe even next spring or that yeah it I might think open?
3: best <laughs> case scenario i think uh you know sometime next year for sure yeah.
2: i think one thing too is we underestimated how hard it was to run a business and do the work ourselves since we always do the work ourselves on almost every project and maybe this has been a learning curve to, like, find out that, oh, yeah, we also have this other business that we're running sure. still. Sure. Um, it's hard to maintain yeah. your your existing business and, and try to develop
0: a new part of it, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I used
3: to spend, you know, 90% of my time in the brewery, 10% in the office, basically. Uh, now I probably spend, like, 80% of my time in the on construction in the new tap room maybe maybe 15 percent in the brewery and maybe five percent in the office so um but it's been awesome we got a great team and they've all stepped up so it's made that possible so that's uh that's been a huge relief but i'll i'll be really happy when i get to take off my hard hat and go back into the brewery (laughs) oh i'm sure
2: yeah
0: well, Ashley, you talked a little bit about, you know, the difference in tourism and with some more people are in the area. Um, what are your all's tourism goals regarding the tap room and what draw it may have?
2: Well, I'm really excited that we built like a event space so I can have larger musician acts and such. We uh, have outdoor space, so we have just a lot more availability for people if they want to visit. We ha- have way more room for our customers. And then also... We're on the river, so that's like a really nice feel to just your visit as well. We also have a large parking area that we could use as an event space as well, so that's Mm. exciting. We're close to downtown now, so we can tie in our bar with other bars and have Mm -hmm. an event together. So it just, it opens up a lot of boxes that were like kind of unavailable here. Also, we're going to have a small kitchen, so it's going to open up some different event nights for us. So have some food offerings for your customers? Yeah, um, a small a small offering, and we're gonna just pull ninety percent of what we do off the farm. Uh, my brother-in-law's farm, him and his wife Leah, they will probably try to pull as much as we can off that farm, and then if not, if they don't have it, other local areas. So it will be like a rotating menu, which I'm really excited about. Um,
0: but you said you have a space, so people could rent a space if they want. And
2: yeah, we'll have a, an event space with what well, you can make it into two separate places, so we can do some small. I don't know, birthday parties, whatever they whatever they're running. You're also
0: gonna have an outdoor area and a beer garden, correct?
2: Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll be able to do just lots of variety of things that we couldn't do before. So yeah. And we're hoping our tourism goes up because of it. Well, what do you think the
0: keys are gonna to be to making the tap room successful? And in second in that question, how will you market it?
2: Well, one thing that we've always been incredibly lucky with is everybody who's ever worked here has been amazing. Like all of the girls that work here are amazing. Um, Our staff in general is just really friendly. And I think that's important. Just sometimes ground root marketing is the best marketing. I don't think that an ad in a newspaper quite does what your visit does for you. Like if you had a really pleasurable visit, you will tell people and you'll invite your friends because you know versus like out of the newspaper emphasize. saying hey here we go so a lot of our stuff has always been grassroots i mean we of course do some marketing but at the end of the day a good beard a good experience does more for you than anything else
1: yeah. and, and i want to make sure people understand that while this new taproom is being developed the current <laughs> tap room will remain open right
2: it will i'm hoping that we maybe will only have a week or so lag between last day here and open it might be more than that you know
3: yeah and whenever we opened this tap room in 2014 it was still like a big void of craft beer and it was when we built our brewery it was as big of a production facility as we could afford we didn't really know how big of the, of a play the tap room was going to be to where it is now, and now a tap room is a huge attraction, and people want to be able to come into the tap room and spend hours, and not just, you know, try some beer and take a growler to go like it kind of was back then. Mm-hmm. So I think this tap room will really open itself up. We we wanted it to be a space where people felt like they could hang out um for plenty of time, and you know, get a bite to eat or whatnot. So. So we're ex- we're really excited about that to um, make it kind of a destination. So.
2: Yeah, and we want to keep it kind of the same feel we have now, very family friendly. Um we want to just kind of keep the warm cozy feeling even though the space is much bigger. So
1: Well, I know it's not like you don't have your hands full right now with those <laughs> projects going on, but uh Anything else on the far out horizon that you're starting to plan for? Because you're you know, after
3: next summer
1: when you get that tap room open, whatever it, you'll have to look at the next project, right?
3: Yeah, there's uh, there's <laughs> plenty of ideas, but we, we've kind of made it uh, we're like we're gonna get the tap room open and then kinda chill for a minute and see <laughs> kind of see how break. how mm-hmm. much where we wanted to step off because we got a like it's been a great business we got a we got great partners in it um in
2: distribution
3: and whatnot uh we got a good staff and it's just
2: we've been expanding since we opened basically um it was i think it was maybe six months before we were moving fermenters to put more in and then counting line and the new location the new tap room and uh at least one year maybe without expansion and we are going to do a couple things next year that are pretty boring like buy a storage facility or something but nothing too exciting you just want
0: to take a breather
3: yeah and we have two young kids so yeah we got plenty going on it would be nice to to sit back and enjoy a little bit so we'll we'll see once we uh we'll we'll see how much we enjoy that sitting still for a minute but But
1: of course your (laughs) brewers are going to be working down there and they're always thinking we want to tweak a beer like you did with your lager lager where didn't you reformulate a little bit of that in the last year or two or the hops or
3: we're always looking for opportunity to tweak a beer basically um like i said we've tried to tweak like porter before but we just Mm -hmm. find out that we kind of like how it was better Um, same thing with like, like blonde hasn't changed much. Um, but like double bits gone through some iterations. Um, and it's more to like, like, I know my palate has changed over the years. And I think craft customers in general have changed. Like when, I mean the hazy IPA craze, like really set off, like what kind of hop flavor you can put in a beer. So then all other IPAs, whether you realized it or not probably stepped up their hop flavor just so they didn't get kind of left behind mm-hmm. so like ipa is always we're always kind of like seeing how we can push flavor forward and with hops being such like a delicate crop you know some hops don't show up year after year after year or different lots or different so it's to get that same impact in a beer you might have to change it even though it'll be more similar after the change than it was before (laughs) so it's kind of yeah it's always like this you know moving target or whatever they say um but uh yeah we're always looking to make a beer better sometimes we miss but sometimes we hit so um and it's just trying to move forward and that i think that's i think Customers come to expect that.
1: Yeah, sure, and I I see a lot of brewers experimenting with these new yeasts that are coming out too, and then trying to find uh, options there. Yeah, different taste profiles out of them. Yeah, now
3: they're doing like um, their genetic genetically modified yeasts and whatnot. And there's just there's so many hot products, and it's it's kind of really like picking and choosing what kind of what works or or if there is a need for it. um, like we've used some extracts in our uh, system, and the hop fi- extracts, yeah, hop, yeah, figuring out like what brewers need, and we found like we could really help. Um, just like our kettle, it limits us sometimes. We're sometimes mechanically limited, um, how much of a hop we can put in there without either decreasing yield, largely, or uh, getting some flavors deriving some flavors that we don't want in there like sometimes it gets a little like chlorophyll-y like too grassy mm-hmm. sort of vegetal and we found that like substituting s- some of our larger hop loads with like a like an extract it, it, it adds benefit to it.
1: Well I think that our listeners are going to recognize from your conversations here today that this is a brewery that is open to change it's constantly looking at improvements it can make whether that be in physical plant or, or tap rooms or or even the, the products itself and yet they're also believe in keeping something good the same without making the changes like on big timber porter and i congratulate you on that mm-hmm. uh, Erin, anything else you uh, want to add today? Uh,
0: It's just, it's been exciting to be here, especially after your uh, big honor that you won at the uh, Great American Beer Festival. So again, congratulations. Mm -hmm. Thank Thank you. Of course, we wish you the best of luck.
2: Awesome, you guys. Thank you for coming.
0: This brings us to the close of another podcast. Remember, you can subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast host. Thank you for listening to West Virginia Beer Roads.
1: West Virginia Beer Roads is a production of BrilliantStream.com.